3: Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Hugh Douglas, show Giulio, Sports Radio 94 WIP, Midday Show. Kyle, behind the glass. You guys with us, 215-592-9494. gets you bored here on this Thursday. We'll get back to the phones here on Nick Sirianni uh, and all the other nonsense we're talking about today. But right now, let's go out to the guest line. Ruben Amaro Jr. Rube. joining us from, I'm sure, a, a beautiful golf course down in Florida alongside Mickey Morandini. You guys having a good round? What's going on down there, Rube? Not a very good round. We're playing here at Patriots Glen, there,
4: right in Elkton, Maryland. And uh, Mick was nice enough to invite me down, and I'm pretty much butchering the course.
1: <laughs> so you wait, wait a minute. You're not a good golfer, Rule. I, I thought you would be like an excellent golfer.
4: Well, I'm not a good golfer, but I like to play a lot. Uh, I think I'm probably like a 14 or 15 uh, handicap. So I, I defend myself, but today's not a good day.
3: Well not a good golfer you like to play a lot it sounds I'm sure like most people that are listening to us we we all have those <laughs> moments Ruben excited to talk to you today as as a really an exciting spring training begins for the Phillies trying to defend what they did last year in the National League but Ruben before we get to this this particular team in this year I'm curious, because I think there's a parallel here and, and your perspective on it. Uh, Dave Dabrowski spoke a couple hours ago, and, and you know, he was kind of tepid in his response about the idea of giving a contract extension to Reese Hoskins. He's got one year left to go. He even brought up Gene Segura last year. It's a similar situation. Of course, he left. So you know we're thinking about the future here with Reese. And it, 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 there's some parallels, I think, to, to Pat Burrell with you guys back in 08. In um, he had a core that was going to be around for a while. Pat obviously moved on the next year. What do you think about the Reese thing? And do you think that's going to be difficult on Reese? Cause he's like the only position player that we don't know if he's going to be here a year from now.
4: Yeah, Joe, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's part of baseball I and mean, it's one of the things that, uh, that just happens. Everybody gets really obsessed about this kind of stuff. I mean, I went through it with Pat Burrell and after the, uh, after the world series and he was one of our really important players on our team, obviously one of our leaders, but I think people just get caught up in that stuff too much. Um, I'm not sure what kind of decision they will make. It's it's really up to it's up to Dave Dombrowski and others to to make that decision. But it's not the first time in the world that somebody's going to be you know plan out a season. And the best player on the planet last year was Aaron Judge. And Aaron Judge he played his contract all the way through. I mean, they tried to sign him. It's happened with Mookie Betts. It's happened with Bogart. It's happened with a ton of guys. You know, it all kind of depends on how you know how the team wants to fit. Each one of the pieces of the puzzle into the pie, and uh, you know it's really a decision that uh, that Dave Dombrowski's given himself a you know given himself the year to, to to figure out how he wants to manage his finances and and where he wants to uh, add on to the ball club. I mean, it's not. I know John Middleton wants to be really aggressive and has been. He's been great financially. He's been giving him every every tool to be able to uh, compete with the best you know team that he possibly can, but. You can't sign everybody, and uh, and you have to try to pick and choose the spots you want to spend your money.
1: You know, talking about that and speaking about, you know, trying to make this team better, Noah Song is a right-handed pitcher that's showing up to camp today. What is his chances of making this ball club?
4: Yeah, and I guess uh, I had a, a nice talk with uh, with a couple of guys from the organization today about him. Listen, he's he's really a question mark. It's kind of a cool thing. I guess they've seen him uh, years ago. They really like the arm. You could you could project him as a number two uh, mm-hmm. starter, or you can project him as a back-end guy. There's still a whole lot of projection on him. Just haven't seen him pitch. You know, it's been like three years since he's pitched. But it's it's one of those situations where, you know, you're taking a look at a guy, and if it costs you $50,000, I know it's $100,000 on, on the Rule 5 draft, but if they have to send him back to Boston, then it's, you know, $50,000 to take a look at a kid that's uh, that's got a lot of talent. I understand he's got a great body. Uh, I understand he's got a hell of an arm. It's just a matter of whether or not he's going to be able to, to, to compete at this level and you never know you can get less uh, sometimes you get lightning in the bottle. I and rule five is a really cool way to be able to add to your uh, arsenal if in fact the guy's good enough to be able to make
3: the team. Ruben, speaking of great arms, Andrew Painter is, is probably going to be the talk of spring training to see if he wins this number five spot in the rotation. But we know he's going to be here sooner than later. He's 19 years old. Uh, he looks like you know, a, a really, truly special pitching prospect. Ruben, what would go through your mind? Like, What would be the boxes that would have to be checked for you to feel comfortable you know, putting him in the rotation from day one? What, what would you have to see in terms of maturity, in terms of you know, what he's doing on the mound, to be like, all right, you know what, I know it's rare and this doesn't happen very often, but he's ready at 19.
4: Yeah, fortunately for me I got a chance to see this kid uh, at 18 and and watch him in the mini camp before uh, the lockdown ended last year so I had a chance to just uh, put my eyes on him and watch him move and watch him work and watch him interact with his uh, with his teammates and such uh, really mature kid uh, there's a, there's no question about the stuff um, it's just a matter of whether or not uh, the feeling is he can be consistent up with his stuff as far as command and such
5: he's ready to go, he
4: will do it. Um, I think for me, I always, I always always, like to watch at the very end of spring training um, because that's when the players are getting closer and closer to being the players that he's going to really be uh, pitching against during the course of the season. So he may come out as gangbusters, but there's also a time at some point they kind of let you know. The players will let you know if, if they're ready or not, and I think you'll find out as the uh, spring training progresses and it gets more and more starts um, you know, they'll find out whether or not he's really ready to, to take that next step. My feeling has always been this. For guys who I know are going to be impact type of uh, players, to me it's about whether or not the, kid, <laughs> whether the kid's going to stay. And if, if we believe that he is ready to stay, then, uh, you know, it's one of the reasons why we waited a little while to uh, even bring a guy like Aaron Noah, because once I brought him to the big leagues, what we, once we brought him to the big leagues, we want him to stay. We don't want him to bounce back and forth. Want him to be a guy that didn't have to worry about whether he's going to be on the rotation or not, and I think that's one of the things that uh, that I think it, that Dave and is probably going to weigh.
1: You know, I've been reading that Edmundo Sosa has been working out at center field a little bit to back up Brandon Marshall a little bit. Who, in your opinion, would probably be better suited at that position if it's not Sosa?
4: I'm sorry, can you repeat that? I was just on a cart riding around. Oh yeah, trying to get trying
1: to get trying to get that average up. I, I hear you, Edmundo Sosa. I heard he's working out at center field a little bit to yep. back up Brandon Marsh. Who yep. do you think, in your opinion, would probably be the better backup at that position?
4: Well, I mean, obviously he's got uh, – he, uh, and Mundo's a very athletic guy. And, and the fact that he's played in the middle of the field, basically, um, uh, that's a plus. I mean, you can't necessarily – that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be a great outfielder. I really like Dalton Guthrie. I think he's a really good ball player. I think he's a grinder. Um I like the fact that he has some versatility. He's got speed. He's a very heady player, um, and I, so I think he's going to be sort of the guy to watch as far as uh, extra outfielders are concerned, and someone who can spell Brandon Marsh because he's a right-handed hitter. Mm-hmm. So I think he's the guy. Um, I think he's sort of a similar player to what Matt Beerling was, and maybe even more versatile at times. But uh, but that's a guy for me, and, and I,
3: I'm going to keep an eye on him. Ruben, do you expect a bounce back, and and I'll put it this way, do you expect a significant bounce back from Nick Castellanos? Because we know he made some plays, obviously, in the playoffs last year, got a couple big hits against the Padres, but the regular season, by his standards, was was quite poor, and, and it just feels like they need him now with Bryce Harper probably set to miss, you know, around the first half of the season. Do you expect a significant bounce back from Castellanos?
4: I really do. I mean, I was pulling for him the entire second half just because I thought he would finally make the adjustment after signing very late. I think he probably thought he was going to be signing with the Miami Marlins. Ended up going to Philadelphia. Uh, Miami was home for him. I think that it was a little bit of a shock. Granted, it's a ton of money. Um, but, but it's an adjustment. And he had pitched, you know, he played in guy, in places like Cincinnati and Chicago and Detroit and just a totally different vibe. And so I think, I think he's a very uh, heady player. He thinks a lot about his situation. He's a lot deeper than people think. Um, I know there was some, you know, perhaps some reputation out there that he's, you know, not a great guy and what have you. But I think he's a lot deeper thinker, and and I think he was probably a little bit more affected by, you know, the fact that he was in this new environment. I think he's going to be excellent. He's a really good hitter. Uh, the, the the back of the numbers, uh, you know, on on the baseball card don't lie. I think he's going to be much closer to what he was in uh, Chicago and Cincinnati than he was this past year.
3: Ruben, uh, the Aaron Nola contract situation, uh, it's, it's really interesting, you know, because it feels like the Phillies want to try to do this, and, and Nola kind of said, you know, when we got opening day, probably that's when I don't want to talk anymore. He's set to be a free agent, and, and based on the free agent market next year, he, he's probably one of the top two or three that will be out there, so he could be commanding a big payday. I'm, I'm interested from your perspective, because you, you probably dealt and, and kind of looked into the, the history of this a lot during your time as a general manager. When you have someone that's been so durable as Aaron Nola, is that 100% a good thing? Or do you wonder, like, how many how many pitches does he have in that arm? Right? He's thrown so many innings over the years. Is that a thing you look at and you would say, I could count on him? Or do you wonder, like, man, there's already, who knows, you know, 1,500 innings on that arm. How many does he have left?
4: Well, I mean, you know, you, you make the plans and God smiles, right? Now. <laughs> and when we ended up signing Cliff Lee the second time through. Um, I had, you know, we, we went through the medical, this is the cleanest arm for a guy who had a ton of mileage on him at the time. He ended up having a little bit of an elbow problem, really couldn't perform the way he, you know, was typically, uh, able to perform and just didn't pitch towards the end of his, uh, contract. I mean, he was not, uh, not an old guy, but, um, a lot of it depends on the medical stuff. You know, if the guy, um, has a clean history, um, if the arm works well, they have all the information. Um, he's been a very effective player. Then you know you want to try to you want to try to keep him on. You cannot um, you know anticipate that a guy is going to necessarily break down. But um, but at some point somebody always does. You know Justin Verlander late late in his career had a you know had a Tommy John bounce back and pitched really really well, and now he's with the Mets, obviously. So you just never know. Um, but when, when you have a guy at that kind of that level of talent and a guy who I think probably wants to stay in Philadelphia, I think he's about comfort. Uh you know I think hopefully they'll try to they'll try to work it out it always takes two to tango I say the same thing all the time It's not just one team or one person that uh, in a negotiation it's always about the two the two sides and I'm I'm sure that they're going to try to do what they can to try to keep them around
3: Yeah it's, it sounds like they want to Ruben we appreciate you hopping on Tell Mickey we said hi and enjoy the golf we
4: absolutely will. I'll try to hit something straight for
3: you guys. You, Joe, congratulations on the new show. I Hope
4: you guys are enjoying it.
3: Thank you very much. Thanks, Appreciate Ruben. You. We'll catch up soon, Ruben tomorrow there on a golf course with Mickey Morandini. So it, it, I thought it was interesting you there. He, um, he basically was like, "Yeah, this is it's part of the business with the Reese Hoskins thing." Like, and and he dealt with it because Pat Earl it was the same thing. Yeah, Pat Earl they let Pat. him go after the after the World Series. Yeah,
1: and that, that's what it kind of sounds like when you when you when you read into it when you hear what's being said. You're, that's not a ringing endorsement. That's not, that's not a confidence builder if, if you're a player. That, that, that lets you know that, that whatever you do going into this season, you better make it so that you're very, very attractive for other free, for potentially being a free agent.
3: Well, he brought up Aaron Judge. Like, listen, one of the best players in baseball dealt with it, and he had a career year heading into free agency. So it's, it's on Reese to be a pro and, and go out there and hit. 215 592 for your reaction all the Philly stuff there with Ruben. And, of course, Nick Sirianni, are you fully sold? Uh, Joe is up on WIP. Hey, Joe.
6: Hey, guys, how you doing? Hey, how you doing
3: today, man? What's up, Joe?
6: All right, excellent th- interview there. Uh, and Mr. Douglas, you haven't been to Europe, right? No, I have so not. I'm, no, but Mr. Gigolo, I'm sure, well, he, his name, I'm sure he's <laughs> no,
3: been actually, to Europe, right? No, actually, Joe, I haven't. No? I have not been to Europe well, yet. No, I'm telling
6: you, you need an international liaison for the London Leftovers, no doubt.
3: Oh, is that our team? Are we the London Leftovers? That's where we're going to be. Well, uh, yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah,
6: for London Leftovers, right? Okay.
3: <laughs> I like so, it. We've got a team name now. We've, we've done a lot today. That's
6: right. If you go to Greece, right? I've been, I've been in Europe eight times, and I'm not a wealthy man, but you know we used to go by low, low rates, a bunch of guys when we were younger. And in Athens, you're talking about toilet paper? There was no toilet paper. You went into a room, and there was two <laughs> foot pedals, honest to God, foot pedals, and two holes in the ground. No divider in between. You did your business in there, no toilet paper.
3: Oh, wow. Yeah, I no think lot. I'm going to stay in America. I'll be honest with you, Joe. I'm going yeah, to stay right yeah, here. I'm, I'm not too much of a traveler. <laughs> yeah,
6: but if you, go, if you play in
3: London, how are you going to do
6: that? You need an international liaison. I'll make sure to have toilet paper there. You know what I mean? That's oh, you you'll, you'll, you'll bring the toilet paper. Yeah, I, okay. I'm the international liaison. I mean, you went to Amsterdam, right? Here's a good one, right? We're with a bunch of, <laughs> bunch of guys, you know, so we're all playing jokes on each other. We went to the bathroom. There was a steel plate there. It was like a normal toilet almost. Steel plate. You did your business. But there was no water. And then all of a sudden you flush it and a big old swoosh came and pushed it down, right? But if you're in the middle of the night, you go to the bathroom because your friends are all sleeping in there, you just leave it on the metal plate, you know?
3: (laughs) What is wrong with him? That was a lot. lot. It is a lot. (laughs) Joe, what do you think about Sirianni? (laughs) Way to steer back. (laughs) I I trust him. I'm at the point where
6: I trust him. You know what I mean? I'm not lying about any of that either. Oh, no, we believe you.
3: We believe everything you're saying
6: there. And and, and so so I'm going to just... I'm going to go with it. I'll let him play his game. You know, like, hey, we let Chip Kelly do it. It didn't work out, you know. But we let uh, um, Peterson do it, and it did work out, you know. So let's, let's see what he's got, and I'm not going to criticize him. I'm not, you know, whatever. But I'm the international liaison, so when they want to play in la-
3: London, we're good. Yeah, you're in. I mean, we, we need a liaison. Joe, you know, we appreciate it. <laughs> appreciate everything you brought to the table today, brother. really do. I mean, sometimes this, these shows, they go in a direction you're, you're not expecting. And all of the, the European bathroom etiquette, I just, I just didn't know it was coming. I didn't, I
1: didn't, I didn't know that, you know, <laughs> there's holes and metal
3: plates and stuff. That's a lot. I mean, I, I wonder if part of that is just because it's so old over there. The buildings are so old, the infrastructure is so old, that that's just the way they used to do no, it.
1: No, like the toilet paper thing, though. You got you to fix
3: that. I, you gotta, well,
0: yeah, that, that feels to, like. You got to fix that. that. That's something they could fix, and they, yeah, they should. You just got to fix yeah, There are certain technological advancements that I think it's in the best interest of everybody to just embrace. In the so
3: world, I
1: guess, yeah. I guess when the Europeans come over here and they use the bathroom and they use the toilet paper, they're like, oh my God. <laughs> it, feels, it feels so wonderful.
3: <laughs> what is this amazing place?
1: What, what have I been doing my whole
3: life? <laughs> (laughs) go back and tell their friends like you're not gonna believe what they have over there
1: they bring back toilet paper
3: (laughs) (laughs) why is your luggage so heavy man no don't worry about it got all this toilet paper dan's in north carolina what's up dan
7: hey guys how are you what's going on hey dan hey listen i just wanted to say that uh like your show the jury on nick is
3: still out just kidding well that's okay we're only four days in the jury can still be out on us (laughs) yeah we
7: only been here for four
3: days (laughs) we're just trying to get started here
7: Hey, well, you know, I am originally from Philly. I have high expectations. You should have got it together we yesterday. We do too. We
3: should <laughs> They're gonna to run us out of here in two this weeks. A wrap. <laughs> That's a good question. But listen,
7: though. um I'm sixty five and I know that wisdom only comes from experience. So you look at uh you look at Andy now, and man, he's had the experience and he's gained the wisdom from it.
3: Well, you're right and about that. Yeah, that's, it it is. Know, He's a different coach now, for sure. Definitely.
7: Yeah, and you look at a young guy like Nick, passionate to the point of almost immaturity at times. And I've scratched my head at some of the coaching decisions. But I think one of the things that the team really suffered from throughout the year, and especially in the playoffs, was having a talent level that could get past the adversity. And the coaching never really was pushed to the limit, where where it didn't know where to go next, and it had to rethink things. And I think that was especially true in their development through the playoffs. They 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 were never challenged. They didn't have to sit back and and review or reconsider or say, well, what about this? And it showed up in that second half when um, Andy made all the made. uh, Made the right calls, and we really
3: didn't. Yeah, you know, Dan, it's interesting the way you put that. And, and Dan, we appreciate the call. You, you, they had, they weren't in that many close games this year.
7: No, and I, and
1: I and I kind of, I kind of get what he's what he's saying. Joe is because the knock on this team all year long was you didn't really play against any really good quarterbacks, right? And when you finally did play against one, and you know, I throw Dak in there, you, you didn't win the game. But with all of that being said, you still had an opportunity to win the game you know that that to me speaks volumes and i know like you know the, the, going into this game the thing that that sticks out to me is 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 missed opportunities like yeah out coach yes that was a huge factor in it no question about that when you talk about certain things schematically that was a part of it but with all of that being said the talent that you had on the team damn they prevailed and you mm-hmm. damn they won so you know that 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 that's why I feel like if you make the right moves in offseason, it all depends on the moves you make, that you could be, you could be right back in contention next year.
3: I, I do feel that. Well, way. they can be, especially within the NFC, which is, you know, we project to not be a very strong conference. Russ is in Freehold. Russ is on WIP. Hey, Russ.
5: How are you doing, I want to discreet the last caller and say that you guys are showing Jalen Hurts like progression in just a few days. About well, that, I disagree. Right. We're in the MVP race by next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll be that. We'll be those. I'm telling, guys. I'm telling you, you guys are crushing it. Um, listen, I like Nick Sirianni. I think there's a connection between the owner, Howie, him, and the players. And you got ultimately you got to have the quarterback. Otherwise, you don't have the locker room. And I think he does a great job with that. I like the innovative offense. Um, you know, I I, I had my doubts, but so far he's proven me wrong. Now, I just saw Vance Joseph was hired by Denver. My thoughts are, why don't we get that aggression on the defensive side and get, like, a Rex Ryan in there? Does uh, he want to coach? Well, he, inter- he interviewed for the Broncos before okay, Vance got it. Okay, I, know, okay. I, I know, and they just hired Vance Joseph as D.C. I'm saying, hey, bring him to Philly. He knows this town. He knows what it takes. And I think we need that aggressiveness on the defensive side that Nick brings to the offense. So, Russ,
3: my fur my, before, like – before they interviewed Vance Joseph, I would have said no way because they don't want a coordinator that's going to blitz, right? They don't want to express it. But they did interview Vance Joseph. So maybe maybe they are open to it. How about that? Bringing Buddy's kid in?
1: Oh, he would be beloved
3: immediately. Oh, man. Russ, we, we appreciate it, man. A good phone call. Um, well, so he hasn't been in coaching since what? Since the Bills' head coaching tenure? I think that was I feel it. Like
1: what? Six years ago?
3: It feels like. Because he was it coaching like LeSean. Yeah. It
1: feels yeah. like a
3: while, a while ago. It feels like that was a while ago. I, I, I mean, I did think Rex was a really good coordinator. As a head coach, he had some success, but he was, he, he was a little too much out there. Well,
1: the whole feet thing kind of killed it for him.
3: Yeah, that like, was at that that, the that, end? That, that,
1: that, that was when, you know, but, but that's been a while ago, and everybody makes mistakes. So, you know, we get, we get over the foot thing. Yeah.
3: I mean, yeah some this, of us do. You, you know it brought up if they get torched at a game, and this guy's yeah. a foot guy. The foot guy. Well, and Philly definitely
1: is gonna get brought up. The foot thing is definitely gonna get
3: brought up. Yeah, I mean look, if if he wants to coach, he was he was a tremendous coordinator. I thought you was about to say if he
1: wants to touch his.
3: Body, no, no, no. He can do whatever he wants with <laughs> that, that, that that. But if he wants to coach, I, I'm I'm not opposed to the idea. Well, the,
1: my my question would be, has the like the game changes, man. The game is, it has. Is, is changed. How much are you willing to change to go along with it? Because this this is not the same game that I play. You know, it's not. And the game is constantly evolving.
3: I wonder if – my question would be, has it passed him by? Like, seriously. It may have. It might might pass him by. It may. It's been a while here for him outside of the game. But I I thought – both his Ravens tenure and his Jets. He was really oh, good. Man, listen, when he was with the Jets and, and all this trash talk he was yeah. doing. Yeah, I like that. But see, that's fine as a coordinator. As a head yeah. coach, the, he was a little, you know, that is oh, a cause, short, short self like
1: Because we're so used to the head coaches that don't say a whole lot. Yeah. I don't have, like, everything evolves. I don't have a problem with a head coach wearing a Beat Dallas shirt or saying stuff about pl- potted plants and things of that nature. I think it's, it's all
3: about evolution. And, and you should never be afraid of change because everything does not stay the same. It well, doesn't. it does not. 215-592-9494. It's how you hop aboard here on this Thursday. On the other side, all your phone calls. You're fully sold on Nick Sirianni. I am not... You is Kyle you fully sold on Sirianni after two years as this team's head coach. And we'll get to the second part of AJ Brown's podcast appearance coming up. The latest, what he had to say. He had a lot to say. AJ likes to talk. He was saying a lot of things. And we'll get set and, and give our thoughts on tonight's big Sixers game. Sixers out of the All Star break against the Memphis Grizzlies. all coming up. 215 592 9494 on Sports Radio 94WIP. And look, if you're looking for tickets to a concert, a game, or a show coming up, it's tough. Finding tickets for a fair price is really hard nowadays, but it doesn't have to be. Just download the GameTime app. I just downloaded this a couple days ago. It's incredible. I mean, I found tickets to a Sixers game going a couple weeks, and it's fat. You could find – there's so many cool ways, to. You could look by date, look by team, and you could find the view exactly from your seat, which is awesome. You're guaranteed to find the lowest price for the tickets you want. It's fast and easy. Fast and easy, and, again, you could see – exactly where you're going to set the view from it right there in the app the app is called game time all you have to do is download it enter your email and use the promo code wip for 20 dollars off your first purchase which is, is really good depending on what kind of seat you want to get 20 bucks gets you a nice chunk of change off the terms apply that's promo code
2: wip t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours
3: Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. You Douglas Show. Julio is the Midday Show. Kyle Quinn behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. Get you aboard here on a Thursday. We'll look forward to the Sixers game coming up in a few minutes uh, before we hand it over to Mark Series. Big one tonight out of the All-Star break. Sixers and the Grizzlies. Before we get back to the lines and, and all the conversation on Sirianni here, you... Man, AJ Brown. All the clips that came out of this podcast, he was on. This, this guy. We need to get a microphone from here on WIP because he just he he says a lot of stuff here. So let's hear a couple of things. And I thought this was kind of interesting. He went through the the details of how the trade happened when he was traded from the Titans to the Eagles. You know, kind of how the the step by step happened, how he ended up here in Philadelphia, including Jalen Hurts' involvement. Here's AJ Brown. Are we going. We had my daughter
8: a party. Are we throwing or whatever? And Jalen like, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get somebody. I'm gonna get Hollywood to try to trade for you. Just joking and playing. I right, fast forward, day before the drought, Jalen just messing with Howie. Jalen went to talk to Howie. Howie like, I don't know how we gonna do it. I go to bed, Jalen hit me back. Like, Howie ain't talking about it, nothing for real. Like, I don't know if Howie slept on it or something or thought about it. <laughs> In the morning, I get a phone call from Jalen when he was like, Coming for real, like, you know what I'm saying? How we how we trying to, like, talk about it a little bit for real? Yeah. yeah you know, why not? I've I been a couple of teams, like, the Chief tried to get me from a couple other teams, like Jets and all that stuff, but uh Philly, Philly making a strong push, like, we're going to see what happens. He get on the phone, he, he like, bro, what you want to do? And he was like, AJ, you'd be a fool not to take this. Let's do it.
3: Hugh, it sounds like Jalen Hurts was a big part of getting that done. I mean, basically saying to him at the end, because th- there was a contract extension included with the trade. It was four years, $100 million. He basically told him, like, you'd be a fool not to do it. Let's go.
1: Yeah, and it sounds like Jalen has a lot of say-so in some of the decisions that are being made for the Philadelphia Eagles, which is a good thing, I think. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm thinking that with that kind of reinforces the, my thought that there's going to be some conversation had about who he wants to be offense coordinator. Absolutely. But it, it, it can't be – I think – if, if you're being smart about this, it can't be your boy. It can't be anybody that you're comfortable with. It has to be somebody, in my opinion, that's going to push you and make you better than you already are. You already, like, the, the one thing that I like about Jalen Hurst is he's real reflective. He, I, li- I like that about him. He's selfless, and, and he's, a, he's a team guy. So in order for you to be better, I think you need to find somebody that is going to get you out of your comfort zone and push you to be even better than you already were. Be real with you. Yeah, be totally honest with you. Like, hiring your boy, man. That, that like, hiring your boy that is not keeping it 100, I don't think that's a good move.
3: Yeah, and it could be. I mean, Brian Johnson has known him since he was four years old. Now, I don't know their relationship. Maybe Brian is hard on him, even though they know each other. But that's that's certainly a consideration, right? Because you got to be able you have to be able to hear strong criticism. I mean, that that's always those stories up in New England back in the day. You wouldn't when t- he would always he would call out Brady before anybody else you know, on film, like he would criticize yeah. because he knew if he could criticize Brady, everyone else is going to have yeah, to listen
1: because he's the goat, right? He's the goat, and 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 that's how it should be. And I like the fact that that Jalen has accountability. You don't know how many times I've heard quarterbacks, when everything's going right, it's me. But when it goes wrong, mm. it's we. Like, listen to those press conferences. Listen to some of the press conferences of the quarterbacks. Zach Wilson is the guy that comes to mind immediately with the <laughs> Jets. Hey, what I I
3: doing nothing wrong. I did my job. Really, dog? That's Seriously? Pr- that press conference after the <laughs> Patriots game this year, I, 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 we watched a quarterback tor- torpedo his career. <laughs> yes, do you feel like you let the defense down? No, not at all. I ain't do nothing wrong, dude. You had like fifty yards passing. No,
1: nothing to see here. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty stellar. They hated that guy. My mom's friends <laughs> like me.
0: There you go.
3: <laughs> well, that's that's for sure. That with that guy. Um, the other the other part is, and, and you, I'm really excited to get your reaction to this. The other part of this um, cut from AJ Brown in this podcast he was in. Was talking about the rivalry with the Cowboys. Listen to his take on the Eagles Cowboys rivalry.
8: When I forgot that man, I ain't, I ain't give a damn about the Eagle that, Cowboys, that, that, that. Yeah, the yeah, Eagle yeah. Cowboys stuff, man. And you know, I, I still don't. But it's just like that stuff's crazy, man. That's, that these people like how they turn up. Yeah, but like, like that'd be the Super Bowl, bro. Yeah. Like yeah. you feel me? Yeah. Like it oh, don't yeah. even matter. Like you feel me? Like we lost, we lost, and you know, Cowboys fans like talking happened shit. in the shit, shit. Yeah. you know what yeah. I'm saying, like talking. But it's, it's crazy, man. It's on another level, man. You know? And them games, them games, like, you looking forward to them games. Like, the one on Christmas? Like, that was crazy.
3: So he's saying that it doesn't matter. He, he's he got to pretend they matter you. Even if he doesn't feel like we but do. But see, I, I'll say this, Joe. In the same breath, he did sound like it mattered. Like he said like he got up for the game. Yeah. Like he sounded, like, excited.
1: Yeah. I, these, this is why young people are confusing. <laughs> like, they're confusing. And you just have to... You you just have to listen to what they say and and don't take it so serious because he said and he said in one whole fell swoop he didn't care but he cared mm-hmm. so I don't I don't I don't like, so which one is it so I, I I don't I don't hold him accountable for that I think he's just talking he's comfortable with his friends and he's just talking about the robber I can tell you how I felt yeah when, when I got the like
3: when when did you first realize it was it was this man big when I was
1: coming through the airport I got traded. And I was like, "Wow!" Just coming through the airport, and people were like, "Hey, man, whatever you do, be Dallas." And I'm, you know, I'm coming from New York, so coming from New York, nobody really knew who I was or anything like that. Coming through the airport in Philadelphia was totally different. Like baggage claim, baggage handlers, you know, the cabbie, "Hey, man, be that, whatever you do, be Dallas this year." And I was like, "Damn!" So it became one of those things, like where, you know, how if if your friend hates somebody, if your best friend hates somebody, you hate them too. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how, how it began because I got a brief history of here. And, you know, when uh, Jimmy John said, Buddy took his fat butt back to the locker room in the body bag game. Like, people were giving me the history of what it is to be a, a Philadelphia Eagle and be in Philadelphia. And I'll I tell you what, another thing that, that kind of helped me hate Dallas so much was that Dave Price was the, uh, he was the athletic trainer with the Jets when I was there. And he would always talk about his time in Philadelphia okay. and how he would train, like Jerome Brown. He mm-hmm. would always tell, tell me about Jerome Brown and how, how great it was being in Philadelphia because he had Reggie White, Clyde, he had all those guys. So I would hear stories in the, in the Jets' locker room, him telling me about the Eagles. So I kind of knew a little bit about the, the, the history of the team and how much they loved the defensive players and things like that. So I, I, I kind of had an idea of what I was kind of walking into. But when I got here, I was like, yeah. like, to AJ's point, yeah, these people are crazy. Love it, though. Love it to death. Love the fact that they are as crazy as they are. And even when I got back here, it was a little intimidating because i forgotten how intense people could be. That's the word. It's intense. Yes. It's intense, man. So much so that I'm looking around and everybody's like, what's wrong with you? Why are you excited? I said, I am excited, but I'm a little, you know, taken aback because I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm falling into Philadelphia during a Super Bowl run. And I haven't been here in years. And to be a part of that, it was like, hold up,
3: y'all really over the top. Like I had to just get comfortable – with being back in that atmosphere. You know, like when you wake up and the the, the sun is bright, you got to pull those covers slowly over your bit. eyes. Yeah, yeah just to get, re- get, get, get just to get
1: adjusted, man. Because yeah. it was man, it was bananas.
3: So, what, 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 so the first time you you played Dallas as an Eagle, did you realize it that week? It we was, got dragged. You well, <laughs> remember that? We a, there were a dragged. lot of times. Yeah, we you, got dragged. We got dragged. Yeah. Uh, but did you realize it was different I, the atmosphere?
1: Yes, I did. I did. See, because I, I see it's running together a little bit for me. I don't remember the first game, but I know we lost. And I don't know if it was there or did, did they come here. But I remember one game where Deion Sanders was the punt returner. Oh, boy, that was – it was rough.
3: I'm sure it was. He,
1: well, he did, did that to everybody. Yeah, it was it – so, it wasn't so glorified. It wasn't, it wasn't that great. But I remember the second year we were here – well, no, it was Andy Reid's first year. And uh, that's when Troy Eggman and those guys were there. And I, I remember it was supposed to be like 100 and some degrees on the field or whatever, and everybody was talking, oh, my God, it's going to be so hot down here in Dallas. And this, this Eagles team is so young, and da 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 and everybody was kind of nervous about it. And I got upset. I'm like, man, I can't say what I said, <laughs> but you could tell by the way I was forming my lips. Yeah, I know. Basically what I was about to say. And, and we went out there and beat the brakes off of Dallas, man. And it, it was the best feeling coming back to the city after that. It, I just remember that. I remember that, just coming back to the city after that win. Oh man,
0: that was great! Do I have the right great. game here, Hugh? You guys lost thirty-four to nothing, man. They, man, we got, we got. Spanked. Was that a Monday night game? I yeah. feel like it was a
3: Monday yeah, night it was game. A, it was here, right? It was here in Philly. Uh, I think.
0: No, it was in. Uh, yep, Veterans Stadium. Yep, yeah, that was here. Yeah, because
1: that was because I remember they was. Oh yeah, they're coming,
0: man. They they ran rush. I'm not sure roughshod. I can forgive you for this. <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey, 30, hey, dog, that thirty-four was my first nothing to the Cowboys. Oh, yeah. I got
3: the box score here. Dion took one back. You're at yeah, 6, six yeah, yeah, the, I remember because
1: I was like, was that the first game here?
3: Yeah, I remember that. Not a good way to start? No. Nah, I'm, nah. I'm looking for Douglas on the box score here. Not, you make, no you make a dance. Found. What, what, no what are we doing?
1: I, I was getting comfortable. All so right. Yeah, give, yeah. Me, give
3: me well, Just like oh, Nick Castellanos. <laughs> it took yeah. a little time. Hey, yeah. Give me a
0: moment. Aren't the, uh, well, I mean, the Giants were the team that gave you more issues back then, right, when you were first at the store?
1: Well, when I was first here, it, it, it was the hatred was for the Cowboys more than anything. For it the fans, for the you mean? From the fans. Okay. The Giants were like the thorn in the side. I remember yeah. one year the Giants, we were in the playoffs, they beat us three times in a row. So that's why for me, I was happy to see the Eagles beat them three times. Because mm-hmm. that happened to us one time.
3: Yeah, but the two thousand I think it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you guys oh, went on the run yeah. after that.
1: So yeah, man, it's uh it's it's a great town to be in because of all of that. Because I I and I will say this him being in Tennessee, I can't see I can't see those fans being as rabid. No. In Tennessee like they are here
3: yeah he probably didn't know well, he, he didn't know what he was walking into yeah and he, and I think now he loves it I mean just the yeah, way he talks yeah, I about think,
1: it I think he loves it because you're talking about Tennessee Vols you're talking about SEC country right down there it's different it is different trust me anybody that has been down south knows exactly what I'm talking about I went to school down south it's different it's it's straight up and out college football 24-7 it's
3: like a religion down there yes let's talk to T And south so he wants to come on the AJ Brown stuff what's up T yeah
9: how y'all doing my man what's going on hey T I'm chilling. Um, yeah, I want to talk about AJ Brown, but I also want to talk about uh, Nick Sariani. Mm-hmm. Whereas though, like Nick Sariani, I believe he's good. I believe he's all right. He's a good coach, and he's trying, and and you could tell he worked hard, and he got he got a connection with the with the uh, with the uh, players. But I think um, Rex Ryan. Ryan, listen, that'd be like a Christmas present for me if we get Rex Ryan. Like I would love Rex Ryan because I understand Rex Ryan as a person, meaning as he's just like Nick Sariani, but just on defense, he's going to connect with them players. He's going to have them players ready to go. like You know what I mean? They're going to be ready, and then he's not going to be scared of nobody. We talk about how we just got beat by dollars and dollars. He's going to hate dollars, too. So, like, you know what I mean? And that's, that's what we need over here in Philly.
3: Yeah, but, it's um, almost T. I I mean, it, it would just come amazingly full circle if, if Buddy's kid was coaching the Eagles man, defense. I would
9: love it. I yeah. would love it because I understand Buddy Ryan. I saw Buddy Ryan. I grew up. I'm 44 years old, so I know. I saw Buddy Ryan like how he is. Like the only thing, problem with Buddy Ryan he was a coach he was a little bit out there, you know what I mean? So, like, that's why he couldn't coach. But <laughs> a as a defensive coordinator, <laughs> yeah. Buddy Ryan is really good as a defensive coordinator. Oh, of and course, then I, yeah. And then he's he been around the league because he's been on TV. So he might he might be old, but I know he's been studying and looking and knowing that he can shut somebody down. And I know he'd be looking at offenses like what he would do. So I know that's in his head. You know, well, but – um,
1: You know, but, um, to, to your I, point, not to cut you off, but but yeah. it's, it's not so much the game, it's the relating to the players. You know, yeah, because I, that that's the thing now. That's the thing now, trying to get the best out of your players and knowing what right buttons to push. Right. You think
9: you think do, you think would do that?
1: Well, I, I think that you have to know how to get the most out of your guys. And a lot of times, you know, like, like I came from an area where I got yelled and cussed at a lot. didn't bother mm-hmm. me. But mm-hmm. you're talking about players nowadays that that might not fly. You might get Spreewell fooling around with the players nowadays. <laughs> oh, you might, no. You we might, yeah, we you can't have a
9: P.J. Head.
3: Carlissimo situation yeah, you here. Have, you might get Sprewell.
9: I understand. I think. I was just saying I think, buddy. I think. I think uh, Rex might not be. I think he's kind of funny. Like you know, I think he might be able to relate to the players because he, when he's on TV, he's he's funny. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, they
3: did love him in Baltimore and in uh, yeah. with the Jets. T, mm-hmm. what, what's your thought on AJ?
9: Oh, my thoughts on AJ. Listen, I saw AJ whole interview, and I'm a person who likes to look at people and read people, and I see AJ as a person who don't understand Philly. Like he really do not get it, and like by him even that when we was up 38 to like seven, and he was sitting on there pouching – because the ball wasn't coming his way, like little signs of people will tell you who they are because this world is based on lying. So they, you, when you lie, people don't, you know, you, you can sit there in front of somebody's face and tell them a lie, but some stuff's going to come out, and it's coming out to me already. You know what I mean? Because he's sitting there and talking about laughing at the coach, high in and high in um, and the meetings, and the coach laughing, he he's basically saying the coach is dumb. Like, I ain't trying to listen to this dumb person like, and it's not to say it in a in a bad way, but why are you laughing at the coach? That's the coach, man. Come on. Like be focused. He's telling the story. You know what he's doing. I understand that he feel like okay, like he understand the um, you know, the message that he's giving. But don't be talking about our coach right outside. Like, when you go to Tennessee, guys, that's where he was at. He went back home and then yeah. he started she starts telling everything. Yeah,
3: right. and it's, 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 it's interesting. I mean, you was mentioning he's with his friends. He felt comfortable. I mean, I, I didn't think he was, I didn't think the Sirianni stuff, he was ripping him. I think he was just having fun because we all know Sirianni is a little different, a little quirky. He's, he's different. He's Yeah, different. it doesn't mean it's bad. I mean, but you told the story about the, you know, the dog stuff yesterday that we played for you. Um, I the, As far as him being pouty, he, he's mentioned to you the playoff game when he was upset. no, no I saw that when he yeah. hit the ball. I mean, but that's wide receivers, that's a, that's isn't
1: it? A, that's a receiver. I, I want my receiver to be mad. He ain't, catch, he ain't catching the rock.
3: The one thing that makes me feel okay Can't about this. be disruptive, this, though, right? And the fact that he's so close to Jalen makes me feel like it won't be a big deal. Yeah, right. Like Can't we be see disruptive. this. I mean, we saw it here with with T.O. and Donovan. Like, but I don't. Yeah, but I, they weren't that close. Well, that's exactly right. They, they, that that was part of the issue. These guys are really truly close. So I'm not. I'm not too worried about here. Twitter question sponsored by PI Dental Center. Your smile is the first thing that others see when they meet you. Learn about and schedule your complimentary evaluation at PIDentalCenter.com. Are you fully sold on Nick Sirianni as the Eagles head coach? 77% yes, 23% no kind of interesting. You're being optimistic, man. Well, be optimistic. I expected after a Super Bowl trip, Kyle, it to be, you know, obviously,
0: yes, was going to win the poll. Yeah. But it, it
3: kind of moved towards, you know, 75-25.
0: Right. It's surprising because I think after the first hour that I would put it up, it was about 90-10 in favor of, yes, I, I trust Sirianni, but, you know, I, I think some more critical thinkers got a hold of the poll and uh, and, and put it uh, put it a little more 50-50.
3: Yeah, it's interesting. Frank's in Marlton. What's up, Frank? Frank. Are you kidding me, guys? Stop with your nonsense. We
10: were out, coach.
6: Well, they we were. They were. 35
10: points, 35 points. I guess Andy and their defensive coordinator had a good day. Our coach was the first time there. to scored 35 points, and we ate up clock. The reason the homers didn't have the ball much because our defense, I mean, our offense had to score long fields. We didn't have a turnover like they did. We spotted them seven points. Right off the bat, I mean, our quarterback has had a great day. He's a great quarterback, but he did something he usually doesn't do. So, how's that coaching? We give them seven points. They have the ball at the four yard line. That's another. set. we spotted them fourteen points. They scored twenty-four points. We c- controlled the clock and we scored thirty-five points. Who managed, the Frank, game, Frank? 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 I, Frank? Frank,
3: Frank? Hold on, hold on. Who who managed the clock better in that game, Sirianni or Andy? What are you talking about? We ate up clock. Thirty-five points from the the, at the end at the end of each (laughs) half. At the end at the end of each half, who managed the clock better, Sirianni Uh, or Andy? Andy Reid brought us heartache and disappointment.
10: Ten years he was
1: so. So you mad because Andy Andy Reid got better?
10: Andy Andy, (laughs) Reid. I'm sorry. Andy Reid was favorite in most of the championship games, and all he brought us was heartache.
7: So whoa, 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 whoa,
3: whoa, 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 whoa. Frank? (laughs) Frank? Who who was favorite in the Super Bowl? Super Bowl.
10: I think our coach coaches. No, no, no! Andy, wait, wait, wait like a second,
3: Frank. Don't want to answer yeah, the question that you asked. Frank, you're upset because <laughs> you're upset. Andy Reid brought heartache when he was a favorite. Who was the favorite in the Super Bowl? We were. And uh, and by and, by the, fa- and a half. the favorite. The favorite lost. Wait, wait, wait! By all by right, 20 so 20 hold on a second. We got revisionist history going on here. <laughs> <laughs> when you guys lost the Bucks, I don't mean to bring up bad memories. You were not fourteen point favorites, if no. I remember correctly. It was like three or four. Like you were a favorite. Yeah, we were favorite. But but let's not pretend like Andy lost when he was a fourteen point favorite as Eagles coach. A lot of those games were were tight. Yeah, they were yeah. supposed to be tight. And
1: and and I don't know what your definition of our coach is, but you ahead, talk Frank. about the in the second half, like Mahomes was like like perfect on all his possessions in the second half. Yes, like he was perfect.
3: Frank, what do you say to that?
10: She had a good day and so did Charles <laughs> <laughs> Hurts, I should, he didn't have any short field. He didn't get the ball at the four-yard line. He didn't get spotted. seven. How about Hurts? You never talk about his day.
1: Frank, can I – As a matter of
10: fact, at the end of the game, if we didn't get that bad call, maybe he's the MVP. Frank, maybe can. he drives it down and gets the winning touchdown. Maybe. Or the maybe. Frank, can,
1: Frank you, can I help you out real quick? Because I I think I know where you're going with this, but I, I can help you out to make your argument just, a lot I'm better. Have,
10: what a great day. They do. No, just, no. Just answer me my question. Wait a minute. The I'm Kansas a, City have a good day.
1: So wait wait a minute. I'm a, let me help Frank. He Deep breath.
10: Listen, you. I'm with you. Deep I'm about to help
1: you out. Just say you don't like Andy Reid, man.
10: Just no, say I, I don't have nothing against Andy Reid. Mm. But I'm tired mm. of saying that our coach didn't have a good day in the Super Bowl. He did, he, did. he did not have a good day.
3: Frank, Frank, did you think they should have punted a 4-3? That's questionable. Oh, thank you. <laughs> now we found some common ground, Frank. I love you. Appreciate okay. it. I
5: absolutely <laughs> hate to see that. I,
1: I appreciate you, Frank. You, hey, he was—he 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 uh, was hard in his his argument, though, man. He came in strong. He came in strong, and I mean, you know what? Sometimes when it's like that, because I'm petty, and I I admit the fact that I'm petty. Just say you don't like Coach Reed, and you don't like what he did when he was here. That's fine. I can I can I can work with that. Yeah, that's something I can wrap my mind around. I get it. But, but when you say that you didn't get out coaching, and looking, ah, I don't know about that, Frank. And out coach it. doesn't mean one's good, one's bad, but like it, it, it he, means in certain moments that yeah, he just he, he got you, he got you in that moment. It was a ha ha
3: moment, right? Exa- he won that moment, ha ha. He got it, him, and,
0: and that's okay to say with Andy Reid being in his third Super Bowl, like w- like twentieth year in the NFL, yes. Nick Sirianni in just his second and first Super Bowl. Like it,
1: it's okay to admit that. And he's taking two teams to the Super Bowl a lot. Well, he's taking two teams to the
3: playoffs a lot. I mean, he's been to 10 title games, I think yeah, it is now. It's, a lot. It's unbelievable. A lot. All right, speaking of a lot, there could be a lot of points tonight, Hugh, at the Wells Fargo Center. We got the Sixers. We got the Grizzle. We'll react to this tomorrow. But um, I'm excited to watch it. I was saying to you, you before the show that we've been on the air now four days doing our show. We haven't had a game to react to yet.
1: I, I just – you know what I'm I'm kind of hoping for because I'm learning about you, right, mm-hmm. and I already know how you feel about Joel Embiid and his performance in All-Star game. I'm not going to lie. I'm rooting for him not to play. Oh,
3: you're looking for controversy. Yes.
1: Because <laughs> I want to I want sit back, and I just want to see how you're going to – I just want to see you blow your top tomorrow because well, I haven't seen that. The
0: first thing I did he when did I came that. in today was check the injury report to see if he was questionable, and yeah. he's not listed on the injury report. Oh, my
1: goodness. Oh, he's okay. going to play then. Good.
0: Okay. Well, he better play well. That's well.
1: good. Because, that, boy, if he came in and it didn't play – I could have just sat back and just watched Joe do his thing. Easy Don't Friday. Like we'll
3: find Easy Friday for you. Uh, I'm, I'm glad he's playing, even though I, yeah, it would have drove me crazy if he was not. So, they're three a three-and-a-half-point favorite tonight. So, no Steven Adams tonight, the center for the Grizzlies. Uh-huh. So, maybe it's a it, it could be a really big night but for – Jha playing, though. Right? Josh. Jha's <sighs> a human highlight reel. He he just got to quit trying to be a thug, though, man. Well, that, so, I mean, that stuff off the court. Yeah, I mean, that, he's – Come on, man. It's, it, I mean, it could be a big problem as his career goes off. He's got to concentrate on what he's got to do. Sometimes he has got to leave certain things.
1: Game. He has this to. TNT game. He has to. What if, like, I'm not wishing anything negative happen to him, but what if, like, he's a uh, right before the game started, he a scratch?
3: Well, you know, uh, well that hopefully not. But you know what he does sometimes? What's he that? does the the game time decision, and he, and he takes it right up to like a minute before the game. that he uh-huh. tells tells Glenn Rivers, "I'm in." He's a game time decision a lot. for it
1: Joel. Just, it just kind of blows my
0: mind. You call him Glenn. <laughs>
3: Well, I know why. He's lost the fight. doc title. It's, no, it's I'm gone. I'm, I'm glad that we established
0: in our show that we're we're a Glenn show. It's a Glenn show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Glenn. Glenn Rivers. Glenn Rivers.
3: <laughs> we'll see what Glenn does tonight. The Sixers have the toughest uh, schedule coming out of the All-Star break of anybody. So this next couple weeks, it's going to be a really big deal for them to um, – to try to sustain, and, and Giannis is a little banged up. Giannis has a wrist injury.
1: Yeah, he so, he was hurt in the All-Star game. He didn't play.
3: Well, there you go. He yeah, was banged up. He, he did up. the right thing. Exactly. He did the right thing. So we'll see, you know, because Joel is, is here, and Giannis is going to be out a little bit. So we'll see. The Sixers are just two and a half games behind that two-seed Milwaukee. So it's going to be a really, really interesting start to the second half of the Sixers. We'll be on tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., to react to that, and, of course, talk about Eagles and, and Phillies and all that kind of stuff. Hugh, we're four days in. Four.
1: And no, no controversial yet. No controversy. Bung
3: hole Well, yeah, there's that. <laughs> and the toilet paper. And the bidet stuff, yeah. yeah. Bidet. We, today today went, went to a different direction. No, fun show today. We appreciate everyone uh, being part of the show, first four days. We're back tomorrow. Thank you to Kyle. Of course, thank you to Ruben Amaro for joining the show today. We will react. Everyone enjoy the Sixers game tonight. And Coming up next, we have Mark Cerise. Maybe uh, we'll see if Ike responds to being your defensive coordinator. Yeah, I haven't
1: seen Ike yet, but I'm trying to see if he's going to do it, man. Yeah, he's got to
3: do it. We're going to get fired, so just keep our seats warm because we'll probably be back We'll be back. We'll we'll tell Rod Lake, listen, we're taking (laughs) one year, just like Jim Leonard. Yeah, we're going to get our hips fixed. (laughs) We'll be back tomorrow. We'll be back, 10 a.m., right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Peace!